0: Harold and Brad, uncut. that's dope man i mean i really love that like uh just following the it seemed like they have a, a through line of father-son relationships like i lost my father like uh right around the same time you know, like a little bit after you like, your father passed yeah right I mean, that's just right, a special right, right. relationship but it got me thinking also just just backtracking you mentioned uh isaac and Brian, and it got to be thinking about Martin Scorsese. Martin Scorsese was saying how mm. he shot one of his early films at NYU, and one day the crew didn't show up. They were like, fuck it, this didn't show up, so he couldn't <laughs> shoot, right? And so he was saying, it made him appreciate relationships he had with Robert De Niro, Thelma Schumacher's editor, Leonardo DiCaprio, like those go-to people who you work well with that are just so dependable. Uh, yeah. What's the importance to have with those go-to people as artists?
1: <laughs> yeah man i mean so like what's so i think the biggest thing that i was learning on these films too is like i I feel like in theater i'm constantly shooting for i mean like my most ideal process as a director is like how do i create a space of room a process in which everyone is creatively firing on all cylinders and as a director i'm like editing ideas like i'm not I'm not the one that has to be the arbiter of all ideas that right. I'm more like I'm I'm allowing the ideas to come towards me and I have my own and that through a collective artistic practice we are coming up with the best film we can possibly make the best play we can possibly make and and you know like there'll be moments in the Harriet where I'd be like all right you four like come up with some choreography to do up <laughs> there and then like yeah. I'm gonna do this over here right so and then I'd be like okay I see what you did and I, I'm gonna respond to it I would like edit from there but like and film, because it's such a oh, I mean, when you're doing these shorts and you have like three days and like they're twelve hour days and you're like you have to get this done and then like you have to cut this 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 and this this this, I'm like okay, it actually requires so much more prep, right, to allow for that experiential experimental how can what else we want to do how do we have creative juices flowing on set moments to happen and i i constantly throughout this like this these these processes are like i better not burn these relationships because i i know i know brian wants to do more of this i know that i wants to do this but i actually can't i gotta keep going. and i was so um i i'm so now hyper aware of like how to maintain those relationships and those collaborations and film in the way that i do in theater because right. it's it's hard and it takes a different type of work to make it happen
0: yeah 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 man you know it's, it's interesting like harold and i are working on a couple of film projects and outside of for me finance is always a beast but what i'm yeah. thinking about all the time is how am I gonna shoot this with COVID 19, right? Yeah, when, when you don't no, have a budget to test the test on the daily basis, w- what was that process like shooting in the midst of a pandemic? That's,
1: that's another thing. I was like, why did I do this to myself?
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I, I don't understand. I, I, I was just, um, I think I can say this. I was, I was just serving a scripting on, um, my friend Julie Dupreet's projects. Um, uh, and she did, she did a short just like a couple of days ago that she wrote. It was like eight pages. It is literally, it's supposed to look like a one but it's, there's like probably there's going to be one point in which the two, there's two shots that are stitched together. So it was probably like eight pages. That was just one shot. And then like three pages, that was a second shot. And she just like had them do it, like probably nine, nine takes of it probably. And then they moved on and did the, and it was like, I, after I read the script, I was like, you smart motherfucker. You, this <laughs> is what you're supposed to do. Yeah. You keep it simple. Keep it like to what you can actually handle because yeah. she she did exactly what she could do that day and she the performances she got are incredible and it's actually the simplicity of what she did is going to look stylish and modern and incredible. Um and I was like, "Damn, that's that's the way." Um cuz and also she had to like a the room had a total of maybe 14 people in it, maybe right. at most. Yeah. Um these sets I mean, I'll just I'll just say like we had we had one day where we had as many as 50 people on set. Okay. <laughs> and wow. I would say most of the times people were outside. Right. And I would say I mean, we, we had a very specific COVID protocol. Like everyone had to come in tested. Everyone had to wear K95 masks at all time. Everyone had to, I mean, even if you're outside, you got to wear your mask, right? Right. Uh, you got to come in with it, get the temperature tested. If you do not have a PCR test that you can bring in as you walk in the door, we had to keep people off set. We had right. to keep people off set. And so there, there was extras that were missing for some scenes because we just like couldn't couldn't make it or we had to be like hey Julie who was the director writer that I was just talking about can you be a teenager going to prom in this scene because you look young as hell like that's I mean there was just a lot of adjustments like that and on the last day we had a crew member text us being like, hey, I'm not feeling so well, so I can't come in. Sorry. This was like 15 minutes before call. We were like, <laughs> yeah. what? Uh, texting back like, uh, are you tested? Can you get tested? And she's like, I don't know. I, can, I don't know if I can get tested. And we're like, you need to get tested. Right. And sure enough, they get tested and they had COVID. This is the last this three days. This is the last day we were on set. So immediately we have to shut down production immediately we have to tell everyone that they have to go get tested immediately i'm calling my mom who we just filmed it at my childhood home in oak park saying like hey you have to get tested you may not be able to fly to seattle to see your great aunt's 100th birthday uh i felt so i was kind of like clinically depressed for like 48 hours i was like i just did i just do something extremely irresponsible did i just put my family in danger to right. do this did i just um do this all for some film da, da, da. and sure enough as the days went by uh we found out that she was the only one who tested positive and it was because their partner tested positive. It's because the partner was working a festival that weekend, right? And so uh, uh, everyone else was 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 negative. And, and the reason why is one because I mean, also around that time, SAG was loosening up the protocols. They were like, "Hey, if you're vaccinated, then you could do this, and if you're not vaccinated, <laughs> you can do this." And right. we were like, "Nope, we're we're just gonna, no, we're gonna follow the rules as if everyone is not vaccinated." and um and it saved our butts because we were really vigilant about it we made sure everyone had like the strongest mask possible and uh we just didn't let up and thank god we didn't because otherwise we'd be so screwed Man, that would have been <laughs> devastating but i will say on the flip side of that um on a different note of that on sons of toledo you know, the largest probably the largest or one of the largest organizations in um, Toledo that's not Jeep or the glass industry is um, this hospital, this large hospital um, that's in uh, Prometica, that's in Toledo. And they not only provided us with the COVID compliance officer, but on the big day when we were all outside, we had like 30 extras and we, we like literally closed down a bridge, like the main bridge in Toledo. Um, they, they provided vaccines. They brought a truck nice. down, nice. and they gave out vaccines to black men uh, in the community. And it was so cool to not only just be like making a film, but also be doing community service and right. vaccines to the black community in Toledo. Oh, that's great! It'd be nice to have captured some of that on camera. Yeah, that's a good point. I think we got. I mean, we got some photos of it, but it would be great to yeah. like, just yeah. shoot that, right? Right. You never know, movie magic, man. Stuff just kind no, of, I know, <laughs> I know. <laughs> doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. So, go ahead. No, no, you got, you got. It. Yeah. So, uh, let's talk about your uh, theater background. Uh, how did that come about for you? Um. Uh. I have a typical story of. Um, I like telling this story because my sister is my older sister, and so she. Um, uh, it doesn't matter if I hurt her feelings. Um,
0: <laughs>
1: so my sister uh, was in the Wiz, and nice. she was cast as a Munchkin or something, some like um, something in the ensemble, and um, she wasn't very good. And so I tried out for theater. I tried out for once on this island, and I got Tom Tom Julian. And then I tried out for for Guys and Dolls, and I got Sky Masterson. And I was like i guess this is my thing i guess it's not your thing uh you and sure enough like my sister went on and did like basketball in high school and i like never did a single sport in high school like it just like broke down that way but um yeah i just started doing theater when i was in sixth grade and i just liked the community a lot uh and i just it was you know it was my form of expression and then um i feel like with every year i feel like i get a little bit more specific as to why the why of it i mean still i mean still to this day i i get i i'm trying to i get more and more specific with every project i do of like why this medium if i'm going to tell a story why does it need to be in theater and not in film or not an installation or not um a song or something else um for me theater i kind of define it as um uh a live event that kind of uh, uh with the goal of communal catharsis and so it doesn't need to be like this like narrative da, 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 da. it needs to be a live event though it needs to be a, taking advantage of this liveness and it needs to um not just be interesting for interesting sake but i like i want to feel something right. and i want to feel something as a result of being around people in this space, whether it be a virtual space or an in-person space, but the fact that I'm with other people in that space is affecting my cathartic experience.
0: Man, I love that.
1: You know, like, so, yeah. So so, what made you decide to not continue with the acting or are you? And move away? Yeah. No, yeah, I... Uh, <laughs> I mean, I so I got into Emerson College with as a BFA in acting, and in my second year, I started to realize like Is this the, I like I I think I said to my advisor I was like I want to also direct and also write and also produce <laughs> and, like I want to start I, I I you know I grew up around here so I like I would see storefronts I would literally my friend and I would literally drive by storefronts and be like that could be a theater company and that could be a theater company and that could be a th- We'd be like, we'd like imagine like what cool things could be like theater companies in Chicago. And uh, so I always imagined as a kid being an artistic director. So I, when I was like 19, I started a non, a nonprofit theater company in, in Boston called Fire Seed Theater Company. And I wrote and directed the first show there. And it was pretty clear to the faculty. It was like, oh, you're like this multi-hyphenate. Like, you should probably switch to a BA in theater studies, which I'm really glad I did, because then I took, like, every directing class, every writing class, every producing class. And by the time I graduated, I still had this goal of, like, I'm going to get into Second City Conservatory. I'm going to get an agent. I'm going to get a full-time job. And I did. I, like, got into Second City Conservatory. I got an agent with Lily's Talent. And then I got a job at Groupon, as a lot of us did in around 2011. And uh, it was uh, pretty quickly learning. Like, my agent and I weren't very, like, on the same page as to what my abilities and what I should be sent out for. And while I did a lot of sketch comedy in undergrad, like, all the kids that were in Second City Conservatory, like, had done, like, they were, like, I just finished like uh, the annoyance and I just finished IO and now I'm finally doing second city conservatory. And I just graduated. And I was like, I don't know what any of that is. And so I I learned pretty quickly that like, and then I I eventually got this job. Um, I started, I started a company called the Chicago commercial collective, which produced um, a remount of hit the wall and and worked with Timeline and Broadway in Chicago. So the idea was that basically it was taking shows that were successful at nonprofits and helping them make commercial runs of the shows. Um, And I did that for a bit, but it was basically going to victory gardens and being their casting director for a while and seeing, getting basically an education in directing from all those directors that came through there that I was like, Oh, I should probably let myself do that. I should probably stop. Producing as much and let myself be a director, and my first like full full production. Brad, I don't know if you know this, but that was the Harry Eighth. Oh my man, first, Nice. That was my first full production, and immediately that was a hit. And immediately I went, okay, I need to know how to do this. Oh, <laughs> <time>. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I know how to do this, but like I can see myself just coasting and just like right. And just, like, just, like, doing whatever. But, like, if I really want to do some crazy shit and I, like, really want to take it to another level. uh, And also, if I want to let myself, allow myself, the self that was, like, you can only get a full-time job. You can only do this, this, this. You can only produce. If I can allow myself to be an artist, I probably should go to grad school to let myself. If if that's
0: why you went to uh, Cow Cow Arts. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it was like giving myself a permission to jump off a cliff, basically. Nice. Yes. How, how, how was that program? How did you, How did you like the program?
1: I loved it. Right. And, you know, a big part of it was the fact that, like, the head of the program saw the hairy Ape on Friday. Nice. and Interviewed me on Saturday. <laughs> I <laughs> think I remember I mean? that. I think I remember that. Yeah. It was like, and and uh, and I, had t- I, you know, I had I had breakfast with them a few months before in, in L.A. And I was like, you should really come out to Chicago and, and see this play. And, you know, which is cocky as fuck, considering yeah. that, like, i had not <laughs> directed the play before. But uh, I, you know, he saw the play. And then throughout the whole three years I was there, he was right. like, that Harry he that Ah, oh, like, man! Talking about it because, you know. And, and to this day, I mean, I still go back to that production and go like, okay, the things that were, what made that successful? One is, like, magic of, like, people coming together. Right. People in the room. Da, da. Brad... If you don't know, Brad was, like, an amazing part of this ensemble of six that was in this play called The Hairy Ape, which was an all-black male production of the Eugene O'Neill play. And uh, part of an award-winning ensemble. No doubt. Uh, (laughs) Uh, And the things that made this play pretty successful was, yes, it's, like, a magical group of people that came together. It's also, like, we had eight weeks of rehearsal. Yeah. It's also, like we rehearsed on our sets yeah um well, well, like that. was that the one with the the guy that we interviewed in it Brett
0: uh but Byron uh no 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 but Byron is in uh uh was in Truth of Reconciliation no not oh, Byron that's another uh, good
1: production the, yeah the, the other guy um ah uh,
0: no I'm blanking no yeah, I'm blanking too <laughs> so
1: I'm thinking was, there, there was some fence in there or something. I'm trying to imagine if that did it win a Jeff or something. It won. Julian won best actor. It won right. best sound. Brian won for choreography. And then I feel like it won some timeout awards for like best production and best. I won for best director. For right? That. Yeah, I swear I
0: saw it. Is what I'm thinking. Yeah, you know, I you know what? I know. I think what you're talking about uh, uh, Jesus had the A train with Esteban Cruz. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah we right. did that. Yeah, you know they, what? Real quick, Mike. Like we are over time. I got two more questions. You know, because it, that was a great experience. A couple of things. I remember talking to Breon. I did. I took one of his classes at the park before the pandemic, like his dance classes. I was saying, man. I thought I would never learn those fucking steps. <laughs> like I thought, dude, this show wanna be closed out and over, and I'll still be trying to learn these steps. <laughs> but oh, man. but you know what? It's funny because from my experience, some of my favorite directors uh are actors. I have some acting experience. So so how how has your acting informed your directing? Do you think it's think it has? Yeah, I mean, um I
1: I, I mean that's I feel like around that time, because it was the beginning, I, there was so much, so much empathy for the actor that I had. And then I feel like I got so enamored with design that lately, you know, I was I taught this last semester I was teaching intro to acting and ensemble at UIC at University of Illinois at Chicago. And I just like had to hit the books again. Like I right. I like because it one as we all know it requires refreshing constant constant refreshing but two it just required me to like i don't know for for me to actually be the director that i want to be where actors like want to collaborate with me and actually feel like they can collaborate come up with their own creative ideas it requires me to not think of the actor as a tool for something but as this like living body in space that has their own psychological needs and da, da, da. and it's not just the needs of the character it's not just like the, the what's on the page but also like kind of knowing kind of being able to see the person that's right in front of you um and so i just been and i and i feel like i can do that i'm a i'm a pretty empathetic person but like i recently i've been more than anything studying film books like the technical right. like how like lenses work blah, 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 blah mm-hmm. and and acting like those are the main things i've been trying to just like study on my own because i i think as a director i can o- i can only get better at that stuff
0: right. Yeah.